Hello and welcome. My name is Brendan Bennett. I am your host for this episode number two of The Nerd Degree. This one was recorded 5th of November, Guy Fawkes Night. And if you are in Christchurch next month, we are recording another live episode of The Nerd Degree here at Orange Studios, Wednesday, 3rd of December. If you haven't been to one of our live episodes before, there's a bunch of extra stuff that doesn't make into the podcast, so it's well worth coming along. In fact, we are recording new episodes every first Wednesday of the month. If you want any extra information, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. We've got a website. Everything is Nerd Degree. Very easy to find. But for now, please enjoy episode number two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to the Nerd Degree. Please welcome our players! Fantastic. All right, well, welcome along. Ah, we're going already. Fantastic. The Nerd Degree is a show that battles nerds and wit- witty people against other nerdy, witty people to see who is the nerdiest nerd and the wittiest wit, or the wittiest nerd or the nerdiest wit. We have two teams. <laughs> I, I am I'm not one of those people, as we've established already. Um, we have two teams. Uh, starting on this side, we have uh, Mr. Jeff Clark, who is a stand-up comedian and punsmith. A round of applause for Jeff. Uh, we have improviser and programming guru, Matt Powell. And PhD in horror, Erin Harrington. Now, this is our charity show. What charity are you guys going to be playing for tonight? Uh, we're going to be playing for the Frederick P. Kruger Dreams Come True Foundation. Reaching out a hand to children everywhere. <laughs> All right, well, I really hope you win for that. Uh, on this side, we have Sen Chan, Lego architect and part-time stormtrooper. Uh, we have Ben Allen, who's a reviewer for Game Planet and a Star Wars triviologist. And Andrew Todd, who is the uh, gaming editor for Badass Digest. Who are you guys uh, playing for tonight? Okay, well, we've decided to um, choose a charity that supports um, survivors of the Clone Wars. Um, it provides food and uh, prosthetics for amputees um, of the Clone Wars. And um, the, the charity itself is, is called Once We're Warriors. And... <laughs> the, um, they've got yeah, quite a powerful um, mission statement, and it goes... Um, Cook me some eggs and clone me some legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to start off with um, one bonus point to Once We're Warriors for that. Okay, now the first thing that we do is I would like to hear from each of you something that you learned today. So let's start off uh, down this end. Jeff, what did you learn today? Well, I learned today that a uh, recent study showed that medical students who had nightmares about their exams the night before actually performed better in those tests, which uh, suggests that the threat simulation theory could be correct. Matt? Uh, Today I learned the origins of the phrase, uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I always thought it was a piece of very clever Greek propaganda um, that they, they... just caught on unexpectedly well in Troy. Um, but it turns out that uh, you can tell the age of a horse by how far its gums have receded. Uh, and so it's, it's rude. If someone's giving you a horse, it's rude to look in the mouth and see how old the horse is because free horse. Mm. <laughs> it's, like, it's like checking the odometer on the, yeah, on the yeah. car. Right? Yeah. Um, and likewise, you can wind it back. Well, yeah, just... you just paint more bits of gum on the teeth. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> Uh, next up on Fair Go. Yeah. Cram the teeth further in. Yeah. Fair Go 1860. Erin, what did you learn today? Um, via the fantastic blog Sociological Images, uh, they had a bit of a special on daylight savings, as mm. it's been daylight savings in the States. And they wrote that um, in Samoa, there was no Friday the 11th of December 2011, because on that day Samoa shifted from the east side of the uh, international dateline to the left hand, the left hand, the west hand side. <laughs> the west hand side. The west hand side. The west hand to the west hand. Yeah. To, to be closer um, in time to their trading partners, such as us. 
China, Australia, and so on. So they skipped 24 hours and no Friday the 11th of December for them. That means I'm one year younger in Samoa because that's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean we can't be all smarmy anymore about being the first country to see the sun and all that sort of stuff? There was was an island that did that. They deliberately changed their their time zone in order to say that they were the first people to... To um to to see the end of the new year or something like that. What yeah. does Gisborne have to say about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't they also actually switch the side of the road that they drove on? They did. Speaking of your left hand, right hand yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I always drive on the west. <laughs> you drive on the west hand side. You drive into the west because yeah. that's where the grey havens are. I always <laughs> drive on the outermost side. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, good, because you're a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> Good advice. All right. Sen, what did you learn today? Um, well, I learned today that uh, they have made a movie with Grumpy Cat. Mm. And yes. I, I won't spoil it. Well, I will spoil it for everyone because it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Turns <laughs> out the, the cat's quite cat. grumpy. The cat is grumpy and it is a Christmas special, mm. which means we're stuck with it for every Christmas for the next foreseeable future, I guess. Mm. I, I so mm. bet that Grumpy so, Cat is going to mm. learn the true meaning of yes. Christmas. Yeah. Ben, what did you learn today? Uh, a, bit, a bit of history knowledge today, uh, it being Guy Fawkes today, of course. Um, I learned that when they caught Guy Fawkes, it being the 1600s, he, and he was a, a, a traitor to the realm. Um, he was sentenced to be hung, drawn and courted. And they were quite specific about it with him. And they added a uh, feature there that they were going to remove his testicles while he was still alive and burn them in front of him while he watched. <laughs> oh, this, was, this was part of his sentence that was going to come up. But Guy Fawkes... Um, Managed one more up yours to the government because as he was climbing up the uh, scaffold to to receive this horrible punishment, he jumped off and broke his neck. So he was already dead <laughs> when they did all this stuff to him. But they still put him into four parts and sent his four parts off in different directions of the country. Did they burn his testicles? Maybe they did. I don't know. Okay. I, I just sort of wonder what the people that are in the different parts of the country that get one quarter of Guy Fawkes are supposed to make of it when that yeah, comes to town. If they haven't been warned and it just turns out yeah, like, what's that? <laughs> one quarter of this dude. <laughs> but no, he, he stuck it to the man one more time by killing himself first. Good work. That, that took a lot of balls. <laughs> Andrew, what did you learn today? Uh, I learned that uh, this year is the, uh, 2014 is the first year since the birth of the Record Industry Association of America where no album uh, will be uh, certified platinum. Uh, the industry's gone to, uh, it's moved, moved to a, um, a more singles-driven uh, model and uh, services like We run Spotify. out of platinum. Uh, <laughs> services like Spotify have um, eaten into album sales and also uh, people are dirty pirates um, so no album will have sold over a million copies this year for the first time in like 50 years it, r- related to that um, Taylor Swift recently ha- had one of her songs from her new album hit the top 40 but it was 8 seconds of silence so literally 8 seconds of silence from Taylor Swift was in the American top 40 for which the was a, was it a cover of that Philip Glass mm. um, yeah but, but played at half speed song for piano being dropped down the stairs yeah uh, she also she also pulled all of her songs from Spotify because uh, artists get no money from Spotify mm. basically mm. Mm. just something to think about mm. just something to think about when you're listening to Spotify mm. <laughs> just shake it off <laughs> It's time for us to start the competition. Here's how we're going to decide who goes first. Uh, it's a game called Google Matching. I have Googled already uh, Guy Fawkes. Google mm. returns 7,450,000 hits when you Google Guy Fawkes. Whoever can suggest a search term that gets the closest to that will go first. You can play this at home. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe a person. Yeah. Um, who's who's? I'm feeling about Dalmatians. Dalmatians. Okay. Dalmatians. Dalmatians. From the Kruger Foundation, we're going to um, Google Dalmatians. They'll at least have 101. Yeah. <laughs> and then perhaps an, ent- yeah. an entry for each of the spots. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be more than one million three hundred fifty thousand. So uh, not not looking good there. No. What have you got? Once we're warriors. Um, I just had the idea of uh, having a similar historical traitor. Mm. Uh, so we'll try Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold. The, uh, <laughs> not, not Cumberbatch. Well, that's, have that's what the like auto-completer suggests. 
Wouldn't it be great if Benedict Cumberbatch played Benedict Arnold? All right, Benedict In Arnold gets twenty-three million. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. which America. means that you guys oh. are actually close. Yes, Dalmatians. Yes. Mm. So there you go. So uh, you guys get to go first in the nerd quotient round. In this round, I will be asking you uh, nerd-based trivia questions. Mm. You can discuss it amongst yourselves, and then you have to answer. All right. First question from the news recently: Why is that gum you like? Going to come back in style. Ah! Mm-hmm. There's a uh, second ser- uh, third series of Twin Peaks being produced uh, 20, 25 years after the original. Yes, that's, that's right. Uh, so the gum you like is uh, about to come back in style is, of course, it's a quote one of the, the weirdest quotes yeah. from uh, the weirdest <laughs> show. From but, the dwarf who speaks backwards in the Red Room. Yeah, yeah. But another quote from that is actually from in the in the red room. Laura Palmer herself says, "I'll see you again in twenty five years." Yeah. So it's as if this entire thing was planned all along. Wow. Um, That's which... good thinking by David Lynch to get yourself another show. Like if you had a real like, and also in five years more time, I'll be back with like <laughs> five points uh, to the Kruger Foundation. Well done, Matt. Now. Uh, for Once Warriors, uh, how will the Civil War be dominating our lives for the next four years? Uh, that would be uh, because Marvel have just announced uh, their their latest slate of something like nine motion pictures, um, which is insane. Like, who announces nine movies at once? Like, they're going to spend like a billion dollars on these things, mm-hmm. um, which will be uh, doing a version of the uh, famous uh, comic book story arc, uh, Civil War, which dominated a whole bunch of different um, uh comic book characters' stories uh, in the comic books. Absolutely right, yes. <laughs> so, uh, starting with Captain America 3, uh, they'll be launching into the Civil War story- mm. storyline that pits Captain America against fellow Avenger Iron Man uh, over whether or not superheroes should keep their secret identities, which is going to be tricky in the cinematic universe since none of the characters actually have secret identities. Can I give you a bonus <laughs> potentially correct answer to this question, Brendan? Go ahead. I just read today that uh, one of the American networks is starting a new show which is about a civil war breaking out in modern-day America. Uh, that starts on election day when obviously people get upset on Twitter probably and then just <laughs> just take start to shooting one another. So yeah, so it's going to be a documentary. No, yeah, <laughs> starring Benedict Cumberbatch as Benedict Arnold. That's right. So, yeah. uh, who is also playing uh, Doctor Strange? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that hasn't been absolutely confirmed, but apparently he's in final negotiations for that. All right, five points for that and a bonus point for your extra trivia, which I'm going to assume is true. <laughs> <laughs> On a similar topic, how has a recent uh, media release meant that the TV series House of Cards will soon be experiencing a celebrity paradox? Uh, I assume it's because uh, Kevin Spacey's been elected vice president. <laughs> In real life. <laughs> this, is a big, this, this would be a big surprise to Joe Biden. Uh, so just to explain what a celebrity paradox is, um, this is... Uh, in, in any fictional universe, the people who are actually in the show can't exist in the fictional universe. Right. Um, so, for example... Like Last Action Hero. They yes. had someone else playing all the, all the roles that Arnold Schwarzenegger Stallone, played. Stallone. Yeah. Stallone. Yeah, Stallone. Yeah. Or, uh, so, in the Sarah, Chronicle, Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. um, you know, obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't exist in the Terminator films... Mm. Otherwise, people would keep stopping the Terminator and saying, hey, don't you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. So it's um, something to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Potentially. No. no. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'm just explaining what the celebrity paradox is. Okay, well, I'm guessing it relates to maybe someone from House of Cards being elected to Congress um, or one of the, um, or some kind of political office, which would then suggest that they couldn't exist in the real world and in politics. It's a nice theory. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't follow House of Cards. I'll throw it over to oh, Warren. Could, could it be? Ooh. No, Ooh. too okay. late. <laughs> Understand. Um, it sounded like you had something when you said, oh, man. <laughs> I don't actually know whether it counts as a celebrity paradox, but has, has a former uh, senator gone into the realm of acting and will be on House of Cards? Uh, no, well, not, not that I'm aware of. So what has happened is that Kevin Spacey uh, has uh, appeared in the latest Call of Call Duty Call of Duty, Duty. yeah, I was going to oh, say yeah. that. Uh, anyone who's watched House of Cards will know that his character in that uh, likes to relax by playing online first-person shooters. Oh, yeah. So if his character Frank Underwood ever plays Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, he will oh. be confronted with himself. 
a celebrity so, singularity. Yes, and then, and then it'll just like a black hole will form around him. Now, how does Alan Schwarzenegger fit into it? I, should say, yes. I was trying to explain what a celebrity paradox was. <laughs> what if they, like, what if they, no, 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 in the House of Cards universe, is Arnold Schwarzenegger the ex governor? Well, I don't know that. <laughs> that would be if, awesome. What if they, uh, what if they write it into House of Cards that um, Frank Underwood? Uh, Decides like in order to get like a better PR image, like or he plays the to villain. Voice in video Call of Duty he plays game. the villain in Call of yeah, Duty. Yeah, like it, it could it could happen. Does it Jesse could. Ventura feature in this in some way? <laughs> Is he going to have a guest spot? Yeah, there's a there's a crossover with uh, Predator. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, incidentally, um, uh, the uh, the new uh, Call of Duty game also has maybe the weirdest quick time event in uh, in so history. Uh, a point for anyone who can tell me what it is. I can. Go ahead. Uh, press X to play re- uh, to pay respects. <laughs> yeah. So there's a video game funeral, <laughs> and to succeed, you have to push X to yeah. show your respect. What well, right did you fail? Like you do a little dance around there. Like, <laughs> What's just like, yeah. on the X button? Like, yeah. yeah. If you don't, like if you don't press X in time, you're not wearing any pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if you set fire to the testicles of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> How long does this action take? How do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you've got to sit there for like two hours holding down the It's just like this quick, like, like kneel down. Ah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a moment That's, of silent reflection, yeah, but, it, but it is only a moment of okay. silent reflection. Is it reflection. as emotively powerful as the Batman Arkham City quick time event? No. Duh. Um, on the subject of quick time events, uh, I have the objective best quick time event in history. Does anyone know what it is? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Gaming editor. Go ahead. Um, I can't remember the name of the game, but it was like an it was like a Ace Combat Ace Assault Combat, Horizon. Yep. Sorry, Ace yeah. Combat and Assault Horizon. At the end of the game, and like like you uh, you get to the end of the game and you you fought your way through the game. Um, it's like it's like a fighter fighter plane game, um, and you're on the like uh, the deck of of your aircraft carrier. And it like it comes up with a prompt saying like press X and you press it and like you you do like a fist pump in the air <laughs> and then the credits roll. It's just so good. Presumably, if you push the wrong button, you accidentally punch yourself in the face. <laughs> Fall off the The warriors. What long lost evidence of extraterrestrial life has recently been unearthed in the New Mexico desert? Oh, I was. Uh... The Crystal Skull in the fourth Indiana Jones film. <laughs> there is no fourth Indiana Jones film. <clears throat> Parts of that movie were underrated. <laughs> well, they certainly are under risk of being overrated, that's for sure. <laughs> You're talking about the, the, the Tower of Ants? The Tower of Ants. I like the Tower of Ants. <laughs> um, so then this, was, this was actual, actual extraterrestrial life. In the, in no, it's of, a trick question. Oh, it's a trick question. Okay. Extraterrestrial life, E.T., Oh! Yes! Ah. That's right. The legendary uh, urban legend of uh, the Atari game E.T., the Atari game of the movie E.T., which when it came out in the 1980s, was so terrible mm. that when, when the publishers got wind of it, they took most of the copies that they had on, the, on cassette, like for the console at the time, and buried them in a landfill <laughs> like where nobody could ever find them or see them. And this was a long urban legend throughout the history of video games for a long time. And some guy went, I'm going to see if that's true. And they went prospecting for video game cartridges. In a landfill. And they found them. They dug them up. And it was true. that the, the Atari had just buried all these games down there so no one could ever play them. And I believe that the numbers were, were ridiculous. Like, it was like tens of thousands. Yeah, uh, so they say between the 10 and 20 semi-trailer truckloads full of... <laughs> Cartridges. Wow. Um, so they not only were they dug up, but they are now starting to turn up on eBay. Um, so you can buy your own uh, landfill ET uh. game for. They're going for over a hundred dollars now. Um, on the other hand, you can buy you can buy a pristine copy for about twenty bucks. <laughs> so being buried in the desert for thirty years yeah. seems to have improved dollars for value. the worst well, game uh, of all it's time. Cellaring. Soaked in right? garbage. It's, it's just like a fine wine. Yes, that's the thing about video games. They just get better with age. Full of tannins. Um, Okay, uh, bonus question. The E.T. film was originally in a different genre. What genre was it originally? It was a a sort of horror, horror, sci-fi horror. That's absolutely right. Uh, The Mm. uh, original film uh, called Night Skies um, was about these aliens who could kill people with their long, bony fingers. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh. Um, and, of, and of course, here at the Kroger Foundation, we're very interested in that. Long bony fingers. Long bony fingers. <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick Baker's just been, who is the, the effects guy who just who, who made E.T., uh, just tweeted a whole bunch of pictures of the of the alien that they made. And, like, it's basically E.T., but with a taller head. The Kruger Foundation. How did Gandhi become known as a nuclear warmonger? In the uh, latest game of Civilization, I believe, he um, is one of the catastrophic catastrophic events you can have happen in the game. What, like um, a... You can be Gandhi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he disrupts. This, is cl- this is close, but I can't quite give it to you on that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm handing it over to Andrew, who seems to. You, you got Ben and Sen. You can answer questions as well. Yeah, uh, Andrew. Uh, so this is this is kind of like a uh, almost an in joke, I guess, uh, for Civilization games. In that Gandhi, uh, so like the game ranks the aggressiveness of any of any like world leader on a scale from like one to two fifty six because it's a computery number um, internally. Uh, and Gandhi is rated at one, um, and there's a certain like perk or achievement you can get that like uh, it decreases the aggressiveness of your opponents by two, um, and it loops around in this case and makes his aggressiveness 255. So he just like nukes the shit out of every single player on the map. Um, so that's that's nuke happy Gandhi. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Gandhi becomes so peaceful that he turns into uh, an insane maniac. <laughs> the only way to win is not to play. Uh, next question. What does the strange love a star woman teaches have to do with those thruster bits at the back of the starship Enterprise? The nacelles. The yes. Um, I just didn't want to say nacelle. Are they a good place to go for some privacy on the ship? <laughs> like to get Str- talked to some, some strange Is there something to do with, with, with Dr. Strangelove in this? I'm, I'm sure there must Dr. Strangelove? Oh, he's bringing something different there. No. I thought you were like doing this, like bringing like Dr. Strangelove and like maybe maybe like a gender-swapped Starman and... <laughs> No star. You've gone esoteric there, Andrew. You no really star- have. Oh. All right. Well, well. Let me start you off. I'll, I'll give points to anyone who can identify where the lines, the strange love a star woman teaches comes from. It's not Barbarella or something like that. It sounds like it. Those are the lyrics that Gene Roddenberry wrote <gasps> oh, that's right, for yeah. the Star Trek theme tune. Which, uh, if you've heard it, it doesn't have any lyrics <laughs> because they were so shit. Yeah, well, but he, he he wrote lyrics. To the theme song for Star Trek, so that the composer would only get half the amount of royalties, or so, so that he would get, so that Gene Roddenberry would get paid royalties every time the theme tune was. So played. did he tack those on to the design of the Starship Enterprise? It was just previously like a disc and a sausage, and he put the extra bits on so that he didn't have to pay the the designer of the the production designer of the Starship Enterprise his full rate. That's, that's actually close. Um, these are both examples of dick moves by Gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so There's a long list. I mean, we'll be here all night. He wrote those lyrics uh, to get 50% of the royalties from the song. Um, he also made up a rule that all Starfleet vessels have to have uh, paired nacelles, those thruster bits at the back. And the reason he did this was because uh, a fan wrote the Starfleet technical manual. This guy, uh, Franz Joseph. Um, <laughs> of the glacier. <laughs> <laughs> After he retired from being a glacier, he, he wrote this technical manual on Star Trek and created all of these new uh, Starfleet ships' designs, some with three nacelles, some with one oh, nacelle. Yeah. And in order to invalidate the entire technical manual, Gene Roddenberry just made a rule that said, no, now they all have to have two. Wow. So, yeah. Or four. Gene Roddenberry. What a dick. What a dick. But since, since then, in canon Star Trek, there have been ships with one nacelle. Yes. Yes, since he died, people have kind of... Uh, Pissed on his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Took his balls, mailed them away, quartered them. Four him. parts of the country. All right. <laughs> the four quadrants. Quadrants, of, yeah. <laughs> they had to send one through the wormhole. <laughs> final, final question from this round. Um, why might Darth Vader have been more comfortable in acid-washed de- jeans and a mullet? <laughs> Because who wouldn't be more comfortable in acid wash jeans and mullet? Um, Is that your answer? <laughs> because he grew up in a trailer? <laughs> because the sand is coarse and gets everywhere. Because Unless he, you're wearing acid wash jeans. Because he never knew his own father. <laughs> 
This is uh, this is related to an early draft of uh, the script for Star Wars. Oh, where it was in a different genre. Yeah, it was a horror film about bony oh. fingers. Um, there wasn't. There was the. There was the. There's a bogan in there, isn't there? Is there a? Is the name oh, yeah. bogan oh, like? Um, is he yeah. Darth bogan it's or something the, in the early? Um, uh, oh, who was it? Oh Christ! Anakin Skywalker. In in early drafts of Star Wars, uh, it, oh, George Lucas referred to as the light side of the force. It was like the evil force, the, the dark side, Ashla, yeah. and the dark, the dark side, side as the, the bogan. The bogan. Yeah. The bogan. So here's an example bit of dialogue uh, between Luke Starkiller <laughs> and Han Solo, who is a lizard man. Yeah. Uh, Han says, "It's no use. We're lost." Luke says, "No, no. There's a debris shoot." It's the Bogan Force making you feel that way. <laughs> Don't give up hope. Fight it. Han says, it's no use. It's no use. Luke says, well, we're going anyway. Think of good things. Drive the Bogan from your mind. <laughs> yeah. Presumably in a Holden. And, and that draft does right. lay have a tramp stamp as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, so if Han Solo was originally intended to be a lizard man, and that was the way they always intended it, do we have another special edition to look forward to? <laughs> well, enough to look forward to. Now that we have the technology. Well, Han Solo's skin is getting quite leathery. Yeah. <laughs> um, one final quote from this. Uh, <clears throat> the Bogan arts often run contrary to the ways of science and logic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, adding up the scores, uh, we have Once War Warriors on 18 and the Kruger Foundation on 14. Yes, a round of applause. Yeah, that's right. Now, a word from our sponsors. Oh, no. Oh, good. Try Order 66 hand sanitizer. Wipe germs out. All of them. We're moving on now to a round inside to Total Reboot. In this, both of the teams will have to come up with a reboot for a film, but the re- reboot must be so extreme that the only thing that the reboot has in common with the original is the title. <coughs> All right, and see, Once Warriors, I'd like you to go first. Okay. Our movie is a gritty, dark family drama set in the Irish Troubles. Uh, set, set during the Irish Troubles. Um, it was about a, a young man who is the uh, son of a pair of, uh, uh, a pair of police from the Ulster Constabulary. And uh, he drifts off into a life of crime, uh, a life of crime in the IRA, no less. And uh, there's, there's constant clashes between him and his family. He's got one set of beliefs, his family has another. Um, and it just, it just spirals out of control until there's a showdown between, um, between this young man and his, and his uh, uh, police parents. Um, it's called Rob O'Cop. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know what I expected. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a point for that. I'm Kruger Foundation, can you... Okay. <laughs> Our film is, uh, is the story of a young Mexican immigrant who illegally crosses the border into Texas. And goes on a, a, a spree around the southern states of the US, uh, going from church to church, tearing pages out of Bibles. And hotels. And, and, hotels. and hotels, yeah, opening the drawers in the hotels, taking out the Gideon Bible, and just tearing out pages at random. He sneaks in really mm. stealthily. Yeah, that. So, right, no one can see him. Mm. He is the alien versus predator. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you two points for that one. (laughs) Okay, that's the end of that round! Um, We are now going to move on, and we're going to need the help of Michael Bell on this one, if he's available. Yes! This round is called Ben Burt Bacharach. And I'll give a point to anyone who can explain what that means. Ah, well, Ben Burt was the sound effects designer for all the Star Wars films. Made a lot of cool noises. Uh, and uh, um, Burt Bacharach, of course, a famous uh, light entertainer. We're combining those two elements. 
Uh, I, somehow, sound effects and music? I don't know. Well, close. Ben Burt yeah. was also the editor of the prequels. The that's right, that's right. So, so but we, I just glossed over those because I like to pretend that they don't really And And Burt was uh, a member of the Muppets family and Jim Henson did a lot of the creature design, so it just works on many levels. All right, and right. Ben give you a point is for Ben's that. name. That is my name. Old and man. I have a back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rack. Well, we, no, we, we have the only rack. <laughs> <on our team. laughs> All right, so it's going to go over to you, Michael. Now, uh, I've asked you to arrange some easy listening covers of famous theme songs. I'd like you to play one now. If you guys can identify what it is, please ring in, and there will be points if you can get it right. Game of Thrones. It is Game of Thrones! <laughs> you know, if they'd had that theme song instead, I think it would have been a lot more chilled out. <laughs> yeah. You were decapitation. <laughs> uh, Michael, uh, do you play weddings? <laughs> uh, okay, let's have another one, Michael. I, I made a mashup for you for this one. Is okay, it so there's two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great in difficulty. the same okay, okay. I didn't really think about the rules <laughs> <laughs> he's gone rogue alright let's hear it let's Sorry, hear it we'll do the best we, we can need. we're here to be challenged oh god okay okay well that's obviously I will survive <laughs> Okay, let's get okay, easier, good. quicker, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I got, I got, I got, I got two more for you. Not at once. <laughs> 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 one at a time. This one's just one. Okay. Hesitate to ask, but do we have one more? <laughs> Start in easy mode. Okay. Oh, okay, okay all right. Just by playing the theme. Just <laughs> <laughs> one note at a time. I gave you the list of themes and I couldn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This one is a. Uh, this one is a theme from an action movie. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark is it? 
Okay, a round of applause for Michael Bell! Okay, the next round is my favourite round. It's called the Bad for Your Elf round. Oh. <laughs> is, it, is it sponsored by Brendan? <laughs> <clears throat> Brought to you by Boba Fett Medical Insurance. You're worth more to us dead than alive. <laughs> now, bad for your elf. in the Bad for Your Elf round, I will give uh, each team a list of names from a particular <laughs> franchise. They will then have to read out those names, but their job is to try and slip in some made-up names. The other team will have to try and guess which ones are real and which ones are fake. If, they can, if you can slip through a fake name, you get a point. If you get caught lying, you lose a point. Now, you guys are uh, going to start, and you're going to be using Harry Potter character names. So, uh, names like Quentin Trimble. Uh, who is, of course, the author of The Dark Forces, A Guide to Self-Protection, or Vindicus Viridian, who wrote Curses and Counter-Curses. Um, so I have a list of 12 names there. Read through them, try and slip in some fake ones. If you guys think it is a fake name, ring the bell. If you're right, they lose a point. If you're wrong, they get a point. Take it away, Erin. Wilbert Slinkhard. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Slinkhard? Wilbert Slinkhard is an actual character from Harry Potter. Oh, Artemis Fletcher. Is made up. Ooh. Beatrix Bloxham. Newt Scamander. <laughs> <laughs> Mordicus Egg. 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 <laughs> Mordecai's Egg, a real Harry Potter oh, character. <clears throat> Gideon oh, Cottering. That's a garden centre. <laughs> You're right, that's a fake one. <laughs> it is a garden centre. <laughs> Mopsy Fleabert. Edelbert Waffling. And <laughs> you, you are bad at this! You can't just keep them because they sound like a bell. They're stupid! These are Harry Potter names! I've got to reevaluate. Okay, you guys are doing great. Percival McGuinness. Is a fake one? <laughs> Too sensible. That should have been the clue. Two real names. I don't even know where we're up to. Um. Miranda Goshawk or Goshawk or Goshawk. That kind of gives it away that you're reading it. <clears throat> Arsenius Jigger. <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a railway carriage. <laughs> railway carriage. That's a little trolley that goes up and down. Arsenius Jigger is, of course, the author of Magical Drafts and Potions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Gulliver Pokeby. Ah, me this time. Also real. Uh-huh. <laughs> <What? laughs> uh. Colicus Grimshower. Made up. <laughs> oh, God. Rodolphus Pittyman. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> Uh, finish this off, guys. Come on. Uh. Bartholomew Tennyson. Is made up. Blenheim Stork. That's a bird that lives in Marlborough. (laughs) Blenheim Stork is, of course, the author of Muggles Who Notice. Uh. So many authors. Kennelworthy Wisp. <laughs> okay, that is it. You get 11 points for that. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alright, now for Once oh, for Warriors, um, I give you now a list of names of um, <laughs> rejected members of the League of Superheroes. Um, so real examples inc- include Fortress Lad, who's able to transform his body into a large shelter. <laughs> infectious Lass, who is infectious. <laughs> and Bouncing Boy, 
<laughs> you mean the Legion of Superheroes, oh. not League of Superheroes. Oh, sorry, Legion of Superheroes. Well, this yeah. pretty much this says how well for us. <laughs> okay, so Jeff's got the bell. Okay. Um, in what way were they rejected? Uh, so they all tried to join and were rejected. So for... in, in universe they were rejected. In, re- right. in universe, okay. yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. Chlorophyll kid. Calorie queen. Calorie queen is real. She has the oh. power of calories. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Kid psycho. <laughs> Kid psycho is real. Oh. He's, he has psychokinetic He's powers. Psycho- mm. <clears throat> um, fall off boy. <laughs> Arm fall off boy has the power to make his arm fall off and use it as a weapon. That is his power. He is real. Why can't this bring a stick to the fight? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why he was rejected. He was replaced by guy with a stick. So he was actually real. He was real. He was real. Loquacious lad. You're right, that was made up. The beast hunter. Also made up. <laughs> Mnemonic kid. Is real. He has the power to make people forget things. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> green boy. Is <laughs> real. He has uh. the power to turn things green. Uh. Uh, can you do, work do, on the national government? What about he and Chlorophyll Kid? Do they work together? I think uh, team up in the making there. Yeah. Uh, Calculad. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a confirmation on that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's real. Unicorn Girl? Yeah. Is made up. Oh. Jeff! <laughs> Jeff! Jeff oh, seemed really yeah. confident about that. <laughs> Jeff! I've read some Unicorn Girl comics. <laughs> well, there are lots of Unicorn Girl comics, but that's beside the point. That's Unicorn Slash Girl. Yeah, that's right. Not Slash. No. Let's move on. Estimate Lad. Israel, he has the power to estimate things. <laughs> but everyone has that power. <laughs> Again, let me emphasise the rejected part. Really accurately. Um, Galaxy Gal. Made up. A very loud boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's made up. <laughs> I'd love to see that comic though. <laughs> it's all caps. All the time. <laughs> that's why it was rejected, because they're all all caps. Most comics are written in all caps. Uh, the Molecule Master. Yeah, that's, that's real. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Arm is that's not a true. character. Arm is not a character. <laughs> oh, uh... Um, Quake Kid. Is real? Rainbow Girl. Is real. Doesn't she make Green Boy kind of redundant? (laughs) (laughs) I confused her with Unicorn Girl. (laughs) Like a last, I think. Uh, Antenna Boy. Antenna Boy is real. Ah. He has really big ears. (laughs) True. (laughs) They were actual members of the Legion of Superheroes who have antenna. Okay, you get eight points for that one, um, which means that Krug Foundation wins that round. Give them a round of applause. That's right. tense. I'm sweaty. Can't believe I forgot about Rainbow. Sweaty boys and oh, sweaty, sweaty boy. Yeah. Sweaty boy. The next round is called the fanfic round. In this round, each team will have to compose fanfic uh, based around characters of my choosing. The team in the lead, once warriors, uh, you get to go first. You're going to write some fanfic for me now that features Fox Mulder from The X-Files and Captain Planet. 
Okay. Fox Mulder. Um, uh, Scully had retired, so Fox needed a new uh, partner. Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, he went off and, and yeah, and there's, found, a, there's a search going on. Yeah, yeah. For 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 the ideal partner for for Fox Mulder. Um, who who knows the secrets of the world? <clears throat> Uh, and ultimately, who knows the secrets of the world when you take it literally, uh, Captain Planet, um, has the world in his name. Uh, so, uh... But, but Captain Planet had problems of his own. You know, the Planeteers had, had disbanded. Four of the rings remained. Earth, wind, fire and water. But the one element that was missing was heart. And Fox Mulder had a lot of heart left to give. Uh, Scully wasn't around anymore. Um... He, uh, he had no one left to, to will they, won't they, around. Um, and so with Captain Planet on the scene... The question, will they, won't they, never really came into it. They just did it. <laughs> Again, repetitively, over and over. Um, joke about ring. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's what you want to finish on. <laughs> that was pretty roughly inserted. <laughs> oh... Okay. <laughs> All right, over to the Kruger Foundation. Um, I would like you to compose some fan fiction that involves uh, Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk, and Michelangelo. And you can choose either the Ninja Turtle or the Renaissance <laughs> artist. Bruce had been doing very, very well. He hadn't been angry for a very long time. But he still had all these feelings. Feelings he tried to keep bottled up deep inside, but... Every now and again, they would bubble to the surface. Afraid of what he might do to the people, he went to the only place he thought that he would be safe, the place he would be away from people. The, the sewers. New York sewers. And, and while in the sewers, he thought that the most... That the best thing that he could do to perhaps comfort himself in his emotional confusion and turmoil and his loneliness was to order a pizza. He could hear the, the, the engine of the van as it stopped. The footsteps, the pizza delivery guy, as he walked towards the manhole, and as... As that box was being passed to placed down on the ground as per his instructions on the phone, he heard footsteps approaching him from within the sewers. Hey, did somebody order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I am from Italy. I love a pizza. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the darkness came a voice. Calabunga, you prick. <laughs> Another green hand reached out towards the pizza. One green hand met another hand, slowly turning green. The two fingers almost touched. There was a <laughs> tiny, tiny gap between them. <laughs> Bruce Banner found himself growing bigger and bigger, even as his penis seemed to get smaller. <laughs> Which was a, a problem, because he had become naked from the last time when he had torn through all his clothes. I must escort you, said the pizza delivery man, <laughs> as he looked on. And as he looked on and on at the two green men coming closer and closer towards one another. But never quite touch. He realised that he was watching That's Amore and decided to leave them in peace to bang green bits together. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to end that story. <laughs> okay, I'm giving five points to the Kruger Foundation for that one. Yeah. Give them a big round of applause. <laughs> Alright, it's time for a quick round of quotes. Quotes is of course brought to you by Han Solo's Sports Betting. We'll never tell you the odds. <laughs> now, in this round, uh, I will read out part of a quote from a famous movie or other uh, media. Uh, if you can complete the quote, you get two points. If uh, you can guess what, uh, what source it's from, you get one point. Here's the first quote. Ray, when someone asks you, Are you a god? You say, yes. Two points, that's from Ghostbusters. You maniacs. Ah, you blew it all up. You really did it. You blew it all up. That's Damn you, Damn you all to hell! Damn you all to hell! <laughs> I love guns! <laughs> <laughs> That's two points there from Planet of the, Planet of the Apes. Uh, dead or alive? You're coming with me. Yes, from Robocop. 
Robocop. He always shoots he always shoots the criminals twice, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> next next quote. On August 29th, nineteen ninety-seven. It's gonna feel pretty fucking real to you too. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, is the movie it's from. Yes, there is the quote, is anybody not wearing two, two million sunblock is going to have a real bad day. Yeah. One point for that. Next quote. This is for all you new people. I only have one rule. Ben. Everybody fights, nobody runs. If you don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. <laughs> Welcome to the Roughnecks. It's Starship Troopers. Mm. Okay. People should not be afraid of their governments. Jeff. Governments should be afraid of their people. V for Vendetta. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint... It's from Back to the Future 2, right? Nope. No. It's more like a big... Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey ball of string. That's right, from Doctor Who. Who. One point for that. Okay, final quote. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Oh. <laughs> Jeff. Stars glittering on the edge of cars. Uh, eye beams melting in the fire. No. Sea no. beams glittering in the dark. Attack ships on fire oh, off the, the shoulder of Orion. Orion. All, All those moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain. Time to die. From Blade Runner, yes, two points for Ben. But thank you for giving that to me in stereo. <laughs> I beams are those things that are used to build buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sea yeah. beams are something science fictiony. Science fictiony. <laughs> are they on top of fish? <laughs> All right. With eight points, uh, the Warriors win that round. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> this next round is called "Please Add Me." In this, uh, since I've run out of sponsors for the show, you guys will be constructing advertisements for things oh, that man. are not particularly popular. Kruger Foundation, you are going to go first, and you are going to be doing an advertisement for uh, being kept in one of those goopy vats from the Matrix. (laughs) My skin has just been so dry for so long. I know. What am I supposed to do about it? I just can't get anything to work. Can we help? We're the machines. We have a wonderful vat that we can put you in that will keep you completely hairless all the time. Will it improve my skin condition and quality? Absolutely. And it will help you forget the post-apocalyptic dystopia in which you live. I'm worried about it being uncomfortable. Don't worry. We've got probes that will take away all sense of feeling unless otherwise instructed by electrical synapses. But is it expensive? Not at all. All we ask is for your own human-generated bioenergy. Is that all? (laughs) Absolutely. And we've got heaps of entertainment in a late 90s metropolis setting. That sounds fantastic. Where can we try it? You're already trying it. Everyone is. Uh, now, Warriors, uh, you are going to be advertising a place that its reputation took a bit of a hit due to some violence held there. You're gonna, I want an ad for the Mosaisley Cantina uh, from Star Wars. Have you ever wanted to go on holiday? But, you know, we're struggling to find an exciting place to go. Somewhere where everybody knows your name. <laughs> But there are no droids. <laughs> who needs droids anyway? You want to so, get away from that all. You want to meet exciting people. People who have death sentences on 12 systems. <laughs> That's why when it's time to get out of the sand, which let's not forget is rough and gets everywhere, you can visit Moss Icy Cantina with its hospitable atmosphere, friendly clientele, and great live music. <laughs> the blue milk's on us. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to have to give the points to the Kruger Foundation for that one. Very nice. Of course, uh, every show we ask people in, uh, out there in the internet to provide answers to a question uh, from us. Today's question was, uh, if you could make any fictional character uh, the leader of New Zealand, who would you choose? Now, I've asked you all to select your favourite answer. I would like to hear uh, what answers you have found. Uh, starting with you, Andrew. Um, okay, uh, this came from uh, Lee of the Ducks on uh, Twitter. 
Um, and I'm going to read it in the voice of the character that uh, she that she recommended. Um, Charles Foster Kane. He goes insane with power, changes New Zealand to Newsy land, and plows through the trees to print more papers. <laughs> All right, very nice. Citizen Great. Kane reference there. Uh, ben, what have you got? Yeah, I saw one here uh, that suggested Rick Grimes, uh, the, the the main man from The Walking Dead, would be a great leader for New Zealand. Because if anyone could unite the Labour leadership, then then it would be Rick Grimes. Probably because he'd just shoot people uh, that didn't agree with him, or if, if they were running out of food or anything like that. Yeah. So give New Zealand a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Sin. Um, I I chose one that said uh, Great Uncle Bulgaria. Then it also said, although there seem to be plenty of wombles in the government already. <laughs> Good call. Erin? Um, I particularly liked uh, Sam Jarman's response, which was Dumbledore, full stop, obviously, full stop. He's smart and wise. He supports uh, lesbian, bi, gay, trans and queer rights. He's a full-blown wizard, arguably the best there is. He's got a beard and he can disapparate, which saves taxpayers' money on flights. <laughs> Uh, staying in the same universe, uh, Jean O'Sullivan from Wellington has suggested Professor McGonagall because that lady don't take no shit. Plus, she can transform into a cat. What about uh, why, what about Newt Scamander <laughs> or uh, Adelbert Waffling? <laughs> Jeff, who have you got? Uh, I, I like the suggestion of President Laura Roslin from the Battlestar Galactica franchise because. Uh, she can recover from a catastrophic defeat and uh, unify the people together. Um, although I am a little concerned, about, I, I'd want to know her position on fracking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna. Here's, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna repeat uh, the name of the person you chose. Please applaud for the person that you think was the best. Starting with Andrew, Charles Foster Kane from Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, great uncle Bulgaria from the Wombles. <laughs> um, Dumbledore. Oh, come on! He's, he's dead. Professor McGonagall. <laughs> you turned to a cat. President Laura Roslin. <laughs> Ironic. Ironically, you get the Charles Foster Kane clip for yeah. that one. Congratulations to Leanne Whitaker. Leanne Whitaker. Yeah. All right, Leanne Whitaker. Uh, for Uncle Bulgaria. Yeah. Uh, very nice. So, our final round is who would win? Uh, we're uh, going Brent, to. Brendan. <coughs> um, I heard the, the show wasn't doing too well and you'd run out of sponsors, and I got you a sponsor for the round. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> It's the District 9 Seafood Buffet. They have prawns you'd give your right arm for. (laughs) (laughs) Prawns. Now, as I said, the the final round is the who would win round, uh, where each uh, side must champion uh, some character from pop culture and argue why they would win in a battle. We're going to put it to you guys uh, to pick the two characters who do battle. So anyone from any fictional, or real life, I don't mind, uh, a person or a thing that we can... Uh, do battle with anyone? Loki. Loki. All right, we're going to go with Loki from the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and who can we set up against Loki? Jared. Jared. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, so Kruger Foundation, I'm going to give you Loki and uh, Warriors. You get Jared uh, from Labyrinth. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so uh, why don't you take it away, Warriors? I think uh, the first thing that has to be stated is that uh, Jareth really has balls. <laughs> um, no one can deny that. It's, it's, it's it's beautiful. He knows how to use them. That's right. He handles them mm. well. Um, and regularly. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> on top of that, he's got a big-ass army behind him. That's right, a whole army of creatures. And the yep. fight's going to take place on his terms and his choosing, because if it's not... He's just going to stay in the middle of, let's not forget, his labyrinth, and mm. Loki will never actually be able to find him in order to fight him. So <coughs> it, it, it's really only going to be uh, on his, on his mm. uh, terms. When it comes to, when it comes to pugilism, uh, Jareth really got uh, the market corner because uh, amongst his army, he has creatures that are entirely made from hands. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen uh, an army of creatures that are just fists coming at you. Uh, but that's a lot of fists in your face, Loki. Over to uh, Loki. What 
But firstly, I, I think I need to point out that not every creature in the labyrinth is working for Jareth and on his side. Mm. Mm. You've got to be careful there. He, he can't just call them all at will and get them to do his bidding. He can't also, even get them to laugh on cue. Also, also in, in a battle of the leather pants, Loki's going to win every single time. I don't know. It's quite, it's quite the cod piece that uh, <laughs> Jareth has. I would challenge that, yeah. I don't think that's a cod piece. <laughs> well, you're only playing into our court. Would you leave your child at a crash with somebody with a cod piece like that? Yeah. No, but I would send him to fight Loki. <laughs> well, Loki has. Uh, you've, you've talked about Jareth creating a labyrinth. Well, Loki has proven that he can find secret pathways between worlds. He found mm. his way out of Asgard um, without having to use the Bifrost. He has uh, a master of illusion. And spells. Causes earthquakes. Yes. And he was recently gifted one of the infinity gems by Thanos in order to conquer Earth. It's which, a big deal. Which is a pretty big deal. But let's right. not forget that he's currently in the form of Anthony Hopkins. He's like a 90-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is this going to play out? Um, well, first of all, Loki shifts into the form of Sarah um, so that uh, Jareth sees the girl that he's in love with. Okay, what happens next? Well, Jareth is instantly uh, uh, reminded, circuitously, of the power of voodoo. And, uh, <laughs> Who, voodoo? Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, calls, he calls because Jareth uh, actually is a master of voodoo. And so um, he begins, uh, he, he creates a, a voodoo doll of Loki. Uh, and begins to stab at it with it with tiny pins. And Loki fakes a wound and lies down on the ground when Jareth runs over to gloat after him, which is inevitable. Jareth is a talker. He then stands up and stabs him. And because he needs a breather for just a minute, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jareth, Jareth turns around and Loki's just like, what is this? It's just this like white hairy thing. And of course, it's Jareth's mullet, which is confusing for everybody. <laughs> so he doesn't, know, he doesn't know where the vital parts are. It covers most of his back. He doesn't know where the organs are, and he's he's just confused. <laughs> In what way is he confused? Well, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's looking at. He doesn't know left right. Doesn't know too, down. too majestic. It's just too majestic. I think uh, I think it all um, culminates in a, in a big karaoke sing-off, and of course, who's going to win there? Um, Jareth, dance, magic dance. <laughs> That's right. Especially when Jareth points out that everything he's done, he's done for Loki. <laughs> <laughs> So it's re- it's re- he's really more kind of playing into Loki, really. It's a ruse. <laughs> it's a ruse, and I think this is this is where uh, Jareth's uh, uh, true weapon comes in, uh, which is of course the balls. That's right. He's all about the ruses. Um, Jareth, like the the MC Escher room, the confusing thing. Uh, pretending that that was David Bowie's hands that was doing that. Whole thing. <laughs> you never know what's going on with him. He's a chameleon. Uh, All right, final, final statements from Jareth has forgotten one thing. Loki is the god of chaos, and by constructing this enormous labyrinth, Jareth has built an altar to Loki, and everyone he traps in the labyrinth is a sacrifice to chaos and only makes Loki grow stronger. What, what? Final words? That was an amazing answer. <laughs> All right. You, you have no power over him. <laughs> uh, we are going to uh, put it to you guys. Uh, who would win that battle? Would it be Loki or Jareth? So those who think it would be... Uh, those who think it would be Jareth, applaud now. Loki, applaud now. All right, Loki is the winner. Now, while I add this up... Uh, I'd like to go to each of you if you have a plug or a recommendation to share, starting with you, Andrew. Um, I have uh, a couple of movies I would like to plug uh, that I saw at Fantastic Fest in Austin a couple months ago. Um, they're coming out here uh, at the end of this month. One is called John Wick. It has Keanu Reeves in it, and it is a really like uber badass action movie. Um, it's Keanu Reeves' best since The Matrix. It's really like kick-ass and funny. Um, the other is Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, um, which uh, is so good it like deserves to like I think it deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as like Taxi Driver and that kind of film because uh, it is also that kind of film. Uh, so go and see those; you will not regret either. Awesome, thank you, Ben. 
Uh, I'd like to recommend a game called Super Time Force, which you can uh, download on uh, Xbox and PS uh, Network, I think. Um, it's a fun little uh, platformer with an 80s vibe to it, which is uh, uh, hilarious, um, which you don't get in video games very often. And it's cheap, it's chips, and it won't take you know 40 hours to play. So if you like playing games, go and look that one up. Thank you. Send. Well, I'd like to um, recommend the Grumpy Cat movie. <laughs> you promised you wouldn't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, I just want to shout out to uh, the Five First Legion, um, which uh, Outpost Forty Two is the New Zealand garrison. Um, it's a Star Wars costuming group that um, does a lot of work for charity. Um, yeah, check it out, Outpost Forty Two on Facebook, and um, follow them if you're interested. Awesome. I would like to plug uh, The Nerd Degree, uh, which is a great show. Uh, you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, or the internet. Uh, Nerd Degree. Just Google it. Erin. Hi. Um, mine's for music nerds. Uh, RDU, the local independent radio station, has been doing a wonderful series of documentaries in association with New Zealand On Air. And uh, the top, as far as I'm concerned, is a series called Anatomy of a Song that's also being rebroadcast on Radio New Zealand National, where they sit down for um, 10 minutes with... A group so far they've had Yumi Zuma and the Phoenix Foundation and pick apart a song. They go back to the session tapes, talk about it, talk about the way that songs are constructed. Um, and it's it's a really lovely piece of work. Uh, they're 10 minutes long each and you can find them on Mixcloud. So mixcloud.com slash rdu or you can go to rdu.org.nz and it's top notch stuff. Thank you. Matt? Uh, I was in Wellington last week, so this is one for our out-of-town nerds. Uh, and I went to Te Papa the National Museum, and saw the Tyrannosaurs Meet the Family exhibit. Um, it's quite cool. There's like real bits of old dinosaurs um, in big skeletons. And it really puts some things into perspective. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff. Uh, I'm going to endorse uh, the Saturday show at Scared Scriptless for the month of November, which is <laughs> called The Hungry Games, which is, uh, it's not a parody of The Hunger Games, it's a tribute. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! If you like improvised comedy, if you like the Hunger Games, then you will enjoy this. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for coming along. We are back on Wednesday, December the third, with another show, and the first Wednesday of every month. Uh, could I please have a big round of applause for Andrew Todd, Ben Allen, and Centuri Chan? <laughs> And a round of applause for the Freddy Krueger Foundation, our winners this evening, Erin Harrington, Matt Powell and Jeff Clark. (laughs) 